You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Dressed in a long coat, you caught the bus home. Didn't look like the place that you know. Slept in the basement. I'm Jesse D. I am with Chirp Radio, and I'm here with Adele Nicholas of Axons. Hello. Hi, Jesse. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I have a lot of questions for you. I'm really excited to be talking to you about this project today because I know you've been working on it for a long time and the subject matter is fascinating. But I'd like to start off with just a little bit about your music background. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you got started in music and doing axons? Yeah, I've been mostly self-taught in music. I started playing guitar in college. And pretty much since I started playing, even when I was a beginner, I've played in bands. I've always sought out other people to make music with. So I had bands in college. I had bands while I was in law school. And um, since then, I've had bands. Now, I'm, I've been doing Axon since about 2014. I've been writing music and performing and releasing music under that moniker in different capacities. Right now I've turned it into a three-piece band, which I think is the format that suits me and my songwriting style best. So I'm playing with a drummer named Sarah Sterling and a bass player named Princess Ojaku. And they've both been really instrumental in arranging this record and coming up with great ideas for it. I know in your day life or your day job, you are a civil rights lawyer. Can you tell me a little bit about the melding of your work as a civil rights lawyer and your music? For a long time, especially when I was younger, I thought that the two needed to be very separate. And I was apprehensive that opposing counsel would find out about my music. But now that I'm a little older and have been a little bit more established in my career as a lawyer. I feel confident in being a multifaceted person who also has a creative and artistic life outside of work. Um, with my most recent project, I decided to more explicitly draw on my experience as an attorney, especially one who represents incarcerated people in doing this project. It's been in the works for a while. I mean, I think at least since 2018. What has this process been like being I object to everything to life? There's a lot of reasons it took a long time. It's also a very deeply researched record. Um, A big part of putting it together was reading all of the court transcripts. I object to everything is a concept album that is inspired by the true story of how two people who were in federal custody for bank robbery escaped from the Metropolitan Correctional Center, which is a high-rise federal detention facility in the middle of downtown Chicago. And this happened in 2012, and these two people pulled off an elaborate and rather shocking escape. The building is, of course, very hard to escape from, in part because the holding cells are on very high floors. So these two people were on the 17th floor. They scraped through the concrete wall, made an opening, and rappelled down the side of the building with no safety precautions, obviously, on a rope that they had fashioned from braided bed sheets that were sewn together with dental floss. In writing that, the record, I really researched their stories deeply, not just the escape itself, but also what led up to it. So I read a lot of transcripts from both of their cases, which are documents that are 
available from the federal courts and um, kind of understood. I wanted to understand more deeply, like everything that brought them there. And so what happened before the escape and also what happened after. So it took a long time to, to research all of that and understand it. So why do you think it was important to tell the story? And as a follow up, why do you think it was important to do that depth of research leading into it? So when I started putting together a rock band again, I was trying to write songs and I realized I didn't have a lot to say about myself at the time. And part of that is, you know, for good reasons that I'm a little older and I'm more settled in my life. I'm married and happy and pretty stable in my career. And so there weren't emotionally compelling things to say about myself at this moment in time. So I started looking into something that was a different approach to songwriting, something that would involve telling a story that wasn't necessarily related to me. When this escape happened in 2012, I followed it closely. And I remember being fascinated by it. And at the time, I didn't have a lot of insight into why I loved the story so much. I just knew that I did. So I didn't you know, really return to thinking about that story until I was thinking about writing a record. Having done work as a lawyer on behalf of people who are dealing with the criminal justice system, there is a lot about this story that appealed to me. You know, so much of people's experience in the criminal justice system is just dealing with its excesses. You know, accountability is one thing, but vengeance is another. And so often the system tips over into the latter. And the system is often nonsensically cruel. And people are just kind of forced to try to function within these inherently cruel and unfair systems. What was kind of shocking and amazing about this story was it just appeared to me that it was two people who just said, like, this. Like, I'm not going to just go along with the system. And they just did this very shocking and incredible thing, which was they you know, pulled off this very dangerous, life-threatening escape. Um, so that was just kind of like very uh, compelling to me as a kind of retaking of agency in a system that really does uh, deny people agency. There's obviously complexity to that feeling and response. It's not that I uh, condone bank robbing and law breaking, um, <laughs> but I do have some inherent sympathy for the impulse to just say no to staying in the system. Most people I've talked to about this didn't even know there was a correction center downtown. And if I pulled up a picture of the building, didn't even recognize it. So this like mythological escape from this high rise in the middle of downtown Chicago and just hailing a cab and getting out of the city without anybody noticing, I think adds to the imagery of this story in a way that's really effective. I mean, there's so much that should have been impossible about what these guys did. First of all, this is not something that was accomplished in a day. Creating a rope out of bedsheets that's 200 yards long 
not, you know, something that happens overnight. Like obviously a tremendous amount of planning and preparation and work went into this. Um, and then that no one saw them in the process of escaping from the building. It's also almost absurd. I mean, you wouldn't really believe it if you saw it in a movie. So what was your research like based around this album? I know you mentioned you went through court transcripts. You obsessively followed the case when it first came out. Did you end up speaking to Joseph Banks and Kenneth Conley? I reached out to both of them. They're imprisoned in the most secure prison in the United States now. And um, I reached out to them and, you know, I introduced myself and said, you know, hey, I'm a hobbyist songwriter (laughs) in addition to being a lawyer and just interested in your story. And, you know, they, they were both, I think they were both happy to have someone reach out to them with sympathy and interest. You know, they're in extremely isolating place. Prison is organized so that people are essentially, um, for the vast majority of their time, in cells, solitary cells. You know, they were both willing to talk to me. And they were at least, you know, open-minded to my telling the their story. I wouldn't say that this is like some documentary level account. You know, a lot of it is my imagined moments and imagined emotion that someone would experience while doing that. And I think it would be more fair to say it's inspired by their story rather than based on their story. A lot that's not verifiable and not necessarily known. And who knows? I mean, both of them are intelligent and interesting people who may want to tell their own stories, you know, by the maybe either one of them could write a book or do a podcast series or something, you know, when they Mm -hmm. are released, because hopefully they both will be. And if they choose to do so, that would be cool. Have they heard the album yet? They have not. Um, And I don't know that there is a way for me to share it with them. And how did you approach songwriting if this is or inspired by true events concept rather than a documentary effort? So there were certain parts of the story that just were so emotionally compelling that I, I just knew they had a song in them. The album is arranged in kind of a chronological order, starting with Joseph Banks' career as a clothing designer prior to um, his involvement in the criminal justice system and um, going through both of their offenses and their criminal trials, going through the escape and some of their time on the run, and then how they were recaptured and ultimately sentenced. So essentially, it was a chronological story, but there were certain aspects of it that, you know, just reading about it, there's something that's just so emotionally compelling there. That it was just really rich source material that, you know, I felt had a lot of potential from a songwriting perspective. I drew the title of the album from something that Joseph Banks said during his trial. When he was charged with several bank robberies, he opted to represent himself at the trial. And in the course of doing that, when the prosecution would put on a piece of evidence, the judge would give him an opportunity to state any objection that he had to the evidence. At one point, there was a piece of evidence presented and the judge asked, you know, Mr. Banks, any objection? And he said, I object to everything past, present, and future. And I thought, wow, like that was just an amazing turn of phrase and like a very relatable sentiment. Yeah, I object to everything. I object to all of this. This is all wrong. And so that to me was just like, oh my gosh, that's 
poetic that was just well said and a good turn of phrase and so like I drew you know from that or thought about like the moment before the two folks <laughs> decided to go out this window into the winter air to do something that was life-threateningly dangerous to try to rappel down the side of this thing. Imagining what that felt like became a song for the record. Pretty much every song has something in it that was like, that emotionally resonated with me as just uh, psychologically challenging or um, compelling aspect of whole saga. I'm Jesse D. I'm with Chirp Radio. Adele, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jesse. It was a pleasure. This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.